This is Joel Spolsky, the host of the Stack Overflow podcast. Our podcast depends on listeners like you, who aren't you because you're already listening, and we need more listeners like you. We don't have any kind of fancy marketing budget, so please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends to subscribe. Thank you. Okay, so when we kick off, so I'll do the part that goes... And then I, I assume Abby. Yeah, okay. I got this. Okay. Wait, so do we have do we have any festive sounds? Can we get festive sounds? Is it too late? That's, that, those are those are circus. Those are circus sounds, actually. You can have festivities at a circus. That can we make festive? that Jay's official music? My theme song is definitely either the Imperial March or Tiny Dancer. I'm good with either. <laughs> I feel like they both Hold represent me fairly. But not the David Fullerton version, as it turns out. Hold me closer, Tana Dancer. Literally the only line I know. So I'm just going to sing that one over and over again. Also, always in falsetto, because that's really the key to it for me. Hold me closer, Tana This is the Stack Overflow Podcast, very special holiday episode 122, recorded Friday, December 15th, 2017, at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York City, where 8 million people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of democracy, and home to the Second Temple, where the Maccabees oil lasted eight miraculous nights, and the manger where baby Jesus was born. Today's podcast is brought to you by Oracle. Oracle has been an incredible supporter of this podcast and of our community. Learn about all the ways Oracle supports open source, Java, and developers like you at oracle.com slash developers. That's oracle.com slash developers. And the elf on the shelf. Each plush little elf appears in a new spot in your home after returning from his magical journey to the North Pole to tell Santa if you've been naughty or nice. There's no better way than the elf on the shelf to use the magic of holidays to teach your kids that you should only be good when someone is watching and that that someone determines whether or not you get presents. Because being nice for its own sake is apparently for losers. On today's podcast, we have the usual crew, Stack Overflow CTO and Rudolph. Disapproving supervisor David Fullerton. Hi. News editor and mistress of the menorah, Ilani Itzaki. Hello, everyone. Producer and senior North Pole facilities manager, Jess Pardue. <laughs> Hello. Director of community <laughs> ops and management and Mrs. Metaclaws, Abby Mars. Good morning. Joel Spolsky is spending this week drinking 12 Diet Cokes a day and weeping uncontrollably while binge watching The Christmas Prince on Netflix. <laughs> Making me your host, Jay Hanlon, EVP of Culture and Experience, and the original human model for Hermie, the elf who wants to be a dentist. Welcome Aww. back, everyone. Hi, you do look Actually like Hermie. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. How is everyone doing? Good. Happy holidays. I'm glad you brought up Elf on a Shelf. Ugh. Because yep. no. as a new parent, I was going to say I'm conflicted about it, but I'm not actually conflicted at all. I think it's super creepy. Awful. Mm -hmm. Why? Because <laughs> the whole idea. I mean, you're familiar with it. Well, let's explain for any listeners who aren't familiar. The idea is, and there's a story that goes it's along with it, but the, story, the idea is you get a little elf doll and you hide it in your house and the elf is spying on your children. For um, Santa. For Santa to tell them if they've been good or bad yep. and that will influence their presence. 
The part I like about it is that what a lot of parents do is that they try to find unique places to hide it. You're supposed to move it every night because the elf is frozen during the day and then at night goes back and reports to Santa. And so then when the kids wake up, he's hidden in a different part of the house and funny positions and things like that. That part I think is cool. The part that's creepy is this idea that he's spying for Santa and that you better be good or else you will lose your presence and get a lump of coal yeah, so we, we do the Elf on the Shelf, the hiding game. It's got all that magic of Christmas, and I like that. And there's a fun, you try and find a new spot to stick this dope little elf every day. Or what really happens is most nights in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., I wake up having like a like naked in school dream, and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, why is this happening to me? And I'm like, oh, I didn't move the elf. And then you go downstairs, you know, in your pajamas, and like you're all drowsy, and like you stick the elf in a different coffee cup than it was in yesterday. But to David's point, like, this is my least favorite thing about all the Christmas stories is that, like, there's very little they've really figured out on, like, how to raise young people and what to teach them and not teach them. And one thing is don't teach people to only behave correctly for extrinsic rewards. Like, that is the wrong lesson. And all that, like, naughty, nice, cold presence and the elf on the shelf really ramps this up. He's like the overseer who has been sent to watch you. It's terrible. It's a yeah. very bad. So we we don't. What do they that did part. is they took they took the creepy part of yeah of Santa. You know, just yeah. it used to be he just sort of knew if you were naughty or nice, which seemed to be sort of this holistic view of the entire year. And now it's like concentrating it to like the few weeks before mm-hmm. Christmas. It's like you better be extra, especially good because there's literally a spy for Santa Claus in our house. I have a really easy way to fix this. Oh, uh, we're okay. I'm interested. Santa doesn't exist. <gasps> Strike that from the podcast. What about our children <laughs> listeners? Spoiler alert. Wait, what, where, where would all, where all the presents come? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. Did I just burst the so, bubble so here? I, you have probably haven't confronted this yet, David. The Santa thing is a complex, I have very fond memories, the magic of Christmas, and I yes. like that. And so it's a kind of a, a thing I sort of want for my kids is to have that sort of sense of wonder on Christmas morning and like, will it come? And sort of this idea of magic's exciting as a little person, but... Um, <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> everyone. Stop. Damn and as a little kid. Uh, it's, it's like I'm just, I basically like bring a T-ball set every time we do this and set it up for you David really to call me short. Okay. But it's a weird thing because so like I, I kind of like that idea. And on the other side of the scale is- The um, lying to your kids. And it's not just lying. This is not just, there's no other world where you'd be like, you know what everyone should do is what if we told our kids a story about a thing that isn't true and we told it every single year and we encouraged right. them to talk to each other about it and then we created a world. This is like the Truman Show where like everywhere you go for a month, the entire Everybody world is telling you. Yep. will yep. create a facsimile of this lie and Santa will be there and there'll be like a village and you'll see him everywhere and all the TV shows will be about this And we will construct as a society this grand lie to tell our children there is something super disturbing about that. And I struggle with that right after I finish telling them the Santa story. This is this is a brewing conflict in the in the Fullerton household because my wife is not a believer in lying to your children. And I I kinda wanna lie. So we're (laughs) at a year and a half. I so we're not doing Santa this year really. She's more into like let Christmas lights because they're you know, yeah, yeah, that's the stage she's at. But next year, this is going to be a real, a real crisis. Like, how, how far do we take this? Just don't like make her sit on Santa's lap. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I hate that. I, I that, remember like when part. I was a little girl, and I was always just terrified of sitting on this like big stranger dude's lap. And just yeah. don't make him do it. <laughs> just gross. Can when did you first learn that Christmas 
was a, a lie. Or said that Santa was. <laughs> that Christmas, Christmas is a lie. Is a lie. Let's, or, or that well, Santa was It was real. about five minutes ago when you told me that horrible thing. <laughs> and thanks for bringing it up again <laughs> while I'm still too. struggling. So I learned relatively early, and part of that was my mom, I think, her parents kept the Christmas magic or increasingly creepy lie alive until she was way way too old like she found out she was like 14 and it was like losing religion and it like broke her brain and so she was like i'll never lie to my children about anything and so when i was like four i was like is santa real and she's like no i bring the presents and so <laughs> i had the magic for a little bit and then i kind of lost it and of course you know i was i wasn't four but I, was, I was young and of course the first thing i did was i was like my friends and i'm like you are not gonna believe this s-h-i-t i so just learned that's the other problem with if you decide to tell your kid the truth now your kid becomes the kid who goes to school and tells everybody else and ruins it for everybody else. Like that's the other thing You're that I'm very conflicted them a, teaching about. Them responsibility though, mm. but you you, can't, you have to hold on to this. You can't piece of information so you don't. You can't expect a kid at four years old to yeah. be able to hold a secret. That's just not. I feel like that's just not realistic. They're whistleblowers. Like I got something to tell yeah. you. Yeah, my son was in school for exactly two days before he came home, and after I had like carefully planned when we would first watch Star Wars and in which order, he came home and he's like. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, and I don't know who they are, but that's what? weird. Because kids <laughs> can't keep secrets. To our listeners, Boiler. please don't oh, listen to this spoiler. part of the podcast oh if you have not just, and yet Star Wars seen comes out today. episode five, also known as The Empire Strikes Back. Thank Which you. came back in 1970-what? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, 1980, actually, Empire was released. People. So if you haven't seen it yet, statute of limitations. If you well, like. I would say see it before you see the new one. Yeah. It, yeah. There's probably spoilers in the new one where it's pretty... I haven't seen it yet, but I'm guessing this comes out. But it out. is out today. Wait, I, I want to get back to Elf on a Shelf because I want to mention that this is not purely a Christmas thing. There's also a Hanukkah version, Mench which is Mench on a Bench. Mench on a Bench. <laughs> Featured in a classic <laughs> holiday episode of Shark Tank. <laughs> Wait, really? Was it really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah it was. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I just remember walking into a store. I just remember walking into a store and thinking, wow, that is, why didn't they, of course, export this yep. to other holidays? I mean- I think Damon John invested in Mench on the Bench. That makes sense. All right, so are we supposed to be, this is supposed to be a technology podcast or something? What? Oh, yeah, let's talk about technology we hate. Abby, I'm told that perhaps your friends and loved ones will not be getting a certain technology product this holiday season. Well, that's true. Yeah, so I'm not getting Sonos for anyone in my life this year. So this is going to be a rant, right? I just want to make sure we're leading up. Okay, all right. However, the reason no one's getting Sonos in my family or in my life is just because I don't spend that much money on people I like. Or people I don't like. What if they're really good that year? Like, really Mm. good. I don't have elves in people's houses trying to see how good they're being or not being. I think that's an NSA conspiracy, honestly, to raise Mm. a generation of people who are okay with that kind of surveillance. But that's neither here nor there. Listen to my conspiracy podcast if you want to know more about that. (laughs) Note to self, start a conspiracy podcast. (laughs) I have not done that yet. I would listen to it. Oh, awesome. You want to host it with me? I'm pretty sure part of your conspiracy podcast should be that it's a secret. Oh, true. We could call it Abby's Listening, and so are they. (laughs) This is happening. But no, Sonos. So yesterday morning, I wake up. We have Sonos all over our house. If you don't know what Sonos is, it is a multi-room wireless audio system. You know, it runs on magic. Yeah, you put a speaker in each room, and and then they all put the same thing at the same time. It's it's amazing. Wi-Fi is just another kind of magic. That's very true. So we've got these all over our house. We're deeply invested in the Sonos ecosystem, and usually it works great. I used to have a lot of trouble with it, but it turned out, you know, I'd have like skipping and the songs would just stop for no reason and go to the next one. And it was horribly frustrating, but it turned out it was a Wi-Fi problem, a magic problem. 
not a Sonos problem. So I fixed the Wi-Fi problem. It's been like six months. Everything's been great, right? No problems. Yay. So I wake up. Yay. That's the end of my rant. It's not a rant. It's a rave. Because it's the holiday season. This is a rant. Yeah, I figured. So I wake up yesterday morning, right? You know, we've got one in the bathroom for like, you know, when you need to listen to a podcast one while you're taking a bath bathroom. or whatever. So I go to you put are on shower tunes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're really invested. I go to put on shower tunes, right? Because you need shower tunes. Just to be clear, is shower tunes the actual name of a playlist you have? It is not, but I do have a playlist called For Shower Sobs, which is for crying in the shower <laughs> when you need to, which everyone... That I is think the Spotify best. actually has a shower. We've played it upstairs. In the lobby. That's weird. Oh, okay. Um, songs tunes? you want to sing in the shower. It's a Spotify playlist. Is that workplace yeah. appropriate to play nice. that in the lobby of our... Oh, oh my God. It's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> we do have a shower in that office. We could play it in there. After the podcast, we should talk about why you feel the need to cry in the shower so frequently as to need a dedicated playlist, but that's not what we're here for right it's now. It's 2017, honey. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, carry on. We're... we're... <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to put on music in the shower yesterday, not crying in the shower, just regular shower music, uh, whatever I feel like. And Sonos needs an update. So, okay, sure. Technology needs updates sometimes. Update the magic. I go to run the update. The update finishes and everything is suddenly broken. So like a bunch of the rooms just kind of dropped off the system. I have two in our bedroom that are like a stereo pair where two of them kind of behave like one speaker and those just don't work and I can't unpair them but also can't repair them and only one of them is playing anything and I can't drop them off the system. I'm unplugging them, I'm replugging them in. The bottoms, the plugs are really difficult to get out of the bottoms of the speakers and so the directions are like, oh, just unplug it. And of course I've got one end in the wall like under the bed and the other when I can't actually tug out of the speaker. So I'm doing that and doing that and doing that and everything just doesn't work. I can play like maybe one room at a time and it says it's playing somewhere and it's actually not. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the worst Sonos experience I've ever had. So I'm trying to, you know, follow all the instructions, do the troubleshooting, restart the thing, foo the bar, fizz the bap, whatever. But eventually I get most of them up and running. The office one is still just not really happening and that's fine because I'm like, whatever, I just won't listen to tunes in the office today. You could try working Tough instead. Life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. that is harsh. Test just so everyone's clear. Jay is Abby's manager, so Abby works very hard that here is, at Stack. Okay, man, wow. This is what I put up with all the time, you guys. Now you know. Yeah, so eventually I, I get to a point where I'm trying to recreate the stereo pair in the bedroom, right? And I'm using the iOS app, and it keeps just saying not working, not working. Like, oh, I'll try it again. Push the button. You have to like, you know, do a dance and wave your arms and push the correct button at the right time. It doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work. So I eventually. St- Try the Mac app, which I don't know if you've ever used the Sonos controller app for Mac. Oh yeah, it was made. It was made on a Windows ninety five machine. If I'm not everything <laughs> yep. about Sonos is like slick and modern, except their desktop app. It's like from the past. It's like a technology museum. Yep. yep. It looks yep. like it comes from the original Star Trek series. It's something mm-hmm. that they used to control the tunes on the Win original amp Enterprise. Might be the underlying technology. It seems possible. It really might yep. be. Yep. So I try to create the stereo pair on this thing, and I'm surprised that the option even exists because usually it's like, oh, you got to use the app for this. So I try, and it fails. But This time, it fails. It gives me the message saying, this didn't work. You can't have it. No tunes for you. Go be sad. But then when I close out of the settings, it's magically fixed. It's there again. And I have no idea why or how to fix it again if it breaks because it just fixed itself magically. And that's what I'm angry about because I don't actually know what I did. So... I have two two important points to make. So first of all, those of our listeners who listen to many other podcasts may know Sonos is a sponsor of many other podcasts. Not this one, though. Also, those of you who listen to other podcasts, your treachery will be long remembered. And so what we like to do with our rants is target companies that could be giving us money and aren't. And talk like So after this, we're going to talk about what's wrong with Casper and how sometimes nests of spiders <laughs> emerge from Casper mattresses. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Squarespace. Squarespace, the best website company if you like to kill puppies. That's 
that's basically <laughs> no. But so I have what's going to sound like a crazily improbable suggestion for you. My Sonos mostly works. I love Sonos in general. It is a little finicky. I will say every single time I use it, it has to update the software, and I appreciate yep. their ongoing development. But it is bananas how it's always like you're not going to believe this, but there's a software update, and I'm like, I know there was one after the last song too. <laughs> If anything goes wrong with your Sonos, do not troubleshoot it. Don't crawl under the bed. Don't pull mm. anything out. Don't go on the internet. I can't believe I'm saying this because it is my least favorite path to any solution. Call Sonos. If really? you call Sonos, a human being will pick up the phone in like seconds. And they are, it is literally like, you've got like Nedry from Jurassic Park is there personally oh, on wait. call. Uh, to, <laughs> he turned out to be the bad guy. Yeah, but think about what he achieved really through technology. I called Sonos when I was having a problem, and I kid you not, the guy not only fixed it, he's diagnosing it, and he's walking me through. He's like, all right, can you just like turn them all on? And then he literally says to me, okay, the one that's labeled basement, it's on something really dense. Like, is it possible it's on a, it's on like a concrete slab? A bar slab? of gold. Wow. And I'm like, I'm literally like, I thought he was messing with me. And I go downstairs, and I'm like, oh, it's on the floor, and it's the basement. It's like a poured concrete floor. And I'm like, it's on a rug, but underneath it is concrete. He's like, yeah, that's creating a lot of interference. And we're going on, and you're going to think I'm making this up. I am not kidding you. We did another test, and he says to me, is it possible someone ran a microwave in the middle of that? (laughs) I, I swear to God. And I literally went, I paused like, this is like a joke. Like Ashton Kutcher is going to pop out of my closet. <laughs> and I go upstairs and Dara is sitting there with like a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> they are amazing. The, the support, wow. the phone support is mind bogglingly good. And remember, Sonos, you're getting this one for free. But yeah, so my advice, I would normally, I will that search. if you buy the new Sonos with a microphone, he could probably hear what you're saying too. Because Ooh, yeah. apparently he has yeah, access to true. every piece of information that you're saying. That is scary as. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. Yeah, although I, my big beef with that is I significantly resent the fact that the old speaker that looks identical to that is called the Sonos Play colon number one and Mm. the new speaker, (laughs) by the way, they sell both of these the same time, is the Sonos Play colon O-N-E. It's easy to tell them apart. One's the word one. (laughs) Unacceptable Sonos. But anyway, that's my advice to you is as much as it pains me normally, pick up the telephone. They're astounding. I will still never pick up the telephone and call anyone. I don't blame you. The telephone's the worst. Okay, well, that brings us to my favorite, or not really my nobody's favorite segment, let's be honest. But as you know, we are preparing a candy cane constitution for Stack Overflow. Note that we are not preparing a naughty or nice list because the word naughty makes me uncomfortable when used by adults. Oh, yeah. Each week, we bring you a proposal and you, our listeners, will decide on whether that proposal becomes a part of our new candy cane constitution or doesn't. Last episode's proposal, also known as the Limoncelli Amendment, I'm going to (laughs) say it with a silly Italian accent. That's supposed to be Italian? Khan, full name, Khan Noonien Singh, was the best villain on Star Trek. Who was the best villain? Well, you may recall that pro meant con, and con meant not con. And here, with the results from last episode's constitutional question, is our own news editor, Ilana Yitsaki. Well, we got 62% for con. Pro con, con. Pro con. Sorry. Pro 62, pro con. For con, for con. Okay. The best. I think that's con. Con is the best villain. Yes. Did you say Fortran? Pro. Con one. Con one, yes. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Is it con colon one or con colon Okay, okay. Did con as in con Noonien certain con win or did con as in con air featuring beloved actor Nicolas Cage? Yes, that's what con stands for in this instance. 
I'm pretty sure. Khan is the best villain. That the is people have the spoken. Khan is the best Khan. villain. The original Khan, not the, the weird Khan that they brought back. Not Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Side note, Con Air might be Nicolas Cage's worst movie, and that's saying something. <gasps> no. Ooh. Oh, Jay, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what Nicolas Cage's worst movie, but I think his best movie is Con Air because of the hair. The hair. Mm, that's right. Con hair. Accurate. Con hair. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Khan is the best villain. So Khan is the best villain. And Mordecai Zuber at Mord Zuber says only Khan Khan. Only Khan Khan to do, can do the Khan Khan. Only Khan can do the Khan Khan. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can you say it. Can you please sing it like you're in Moulin Rouge? Please, 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 please. How do I sing that? No. You know, Kazi Khan Khan Khan! Kazi Khan Khan Khan! Okay. Yes. You guys, yeah, I think listen, you should do it. You guys have to go watch Moulin Rouge again. I it's very good. Khan Khan. Thank you, Abby. At, you're welcome. Keep on going. Keep on going. That's all I got. Okay. Oh. Do you guys remember when, like, Food Town or, like, one of those crappy supermarkets, like, they made their commercials where, like, can, 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 Because they had a sale on canned foods. It was awesome. It's awesome. This podcast was not brought to you by Food Town. <laughs> or Gristidis, because it's kind of dirty there. Okay. <laughs> Sponsorships are very reasonable, people. Okay. You must sponsor us to get us to stop insulting your product. So we will be sending a sticker to our very good friend Mordecai. I lost his last name. Mordecai Zuber. Mordecai Zuber to celebrate his best answer, which brings us to this week's question. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> This week's constitutional amendment simply says eggnog, question mark. <laughs> in order to frame this in a constitutionally acceptable manner in compliance with, of course, the Articles of Configuration that, okay. That's definitely what I'm going to assume that pro means eggnog is an edible a liquid that a humans a might. Delishable? Delishable. Delishable. Like holiday beverage. Let's try and give it a fair shake, and we'll say an edible liquid. That I don't think you're supposed to shake eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think it's pretty. I think you are. Con is obviously milk that something weird happened to is not food. Like, that's not a thing you put in your body on purpose. But let's open it up to the floor, because I gather somebody here does not think eggnog is obviously disgusting. And that someone is Eggnog David is Fullerton. delicious. Yeah. Go on. Delishable. I don't know what else there is to say. It's a what delicious seasonal beverage. It's, what, what's it's it even made of? Milk. Yeah. It's milk and some spices. That's pretty much. It's like chocolate milk. No. But there's no egg. egg. There is zero egg in eggnog. It is Hang very on. confusingly named. Hang on. Milk and some Where's spices. The liquor? Milk and some spices. You have to add that yourself because okay. in the dairy section in the grocery store, they can't, you know, include liquor. So they always sell it separate from the liquor. Also delicious if you add espresso and make an eggnog latte. Side note, in New York State, you cannot sell dairy and liquor in the same store unless they... Anyway, <laughs> New York State has a lot of weird old laws. But hang on a second. I don't believe... It's not just milk and spices, because those are yes. ingredients in my favorite pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks, which is delicious. Well, eggnog tastes also like spoiled milk. Something's horribly right, here's wrong. here's a recipe. Combine milk, cloves, half a teaspoon vanilla, and cinnamon. Is there That's not an egg? That's it. And what? what kind of liquor do you put in it? <laughs> Alana, I appreciate your focus on the important <laughs> issues of the day. Is there really no egg in it? Oh, apparently it can, it can contain egg. Yes! Okay. I, I, I am incorrect. I'm pretty sure the stuff you buy at the grocery store does not contain egg, but if you're making it yourself for real, apparently you uh, whisk in egg whites. Whiskey huh. and egg whites. Whiskey <laughs> and egg whites, that's what he said. And Whiskey then you and add egg rum. Whiskey and egg whites and rum. Or Soco or um, Soco. whatever. Really? Interesting. 
They sell their own branded eggnog to specifically suggest that you should add Zoco to eggnog. Really? I feel like okay. I feel like Soco is something you only drink in college if you're trying to be Janis Joplin. Like I do yep. Soco. Yeah. I've never I think actually you would, tried. You should go I for whiskey, always... bourbon, or Bailey's. Yes, mm, Bailey's. Bailey's is like already no, halfway to eggnog. It's like cream. adding milk to milk. Jess, oh, what are you drinking right now? Oh, I got some eggnog. I... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the right voice to talk about eggnog. So in, gonna be a little ashamed of it. In anticipation of, I knew that what our question was going to be today. I bought some eggnog, and David was like, "Oh, yay! You bought eggnog. I'm going to make a latte." And Delicious. I drank it. I have never really liked eggnog, even when I'm a former barista way back in the day. So even when we used to serve it, but I did remember there was one time, and I don't remember where it was, where I really liked eggnog. But it's definitely not the eggnog that I bought. Can I try? Can I try that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just steamed it. It just has. Wait, so were you a Starbucks it? barista or a different it? kind of barista? I worked oh at God, a Barnes and Noble cafe. Oh, I knew that. I yeah, knew that. at the bookstore that. Oh, it's super yummy. Can I smell it? I don't really? want to taste Thank it. Thank you. You can. You can smell. You smell my eggnog, Jay. It's not too bad. That sounds <laughs> dirty, but probably isn't. Think it just—it sounds creepy, but it just seems to me like eggnog is really good. You're it's making scrambled eggs and then you forgot to cook them and you added pie spices instead. That just seems like everything wrong about your breakfast. If you like your pumpkin spice latte from I, you Starbucks, know you is. should like that. You I, should I, try it with some espresso. I don't need I will, this. I, I drink eggnog all the time. I will admit okay, the flavor the palette is one I often like. Like, like most 35-year-old white women, I enjoy the Starbucks lattes <laughs> and so forth hey, in the holiday just season. Just make an eggnog latte today. Not You'll all white women. You know what it is? I don't like things that taste like milk that is slightly not milk. And it, mm-hmm. I think it's because when I was a child, I drank spoiled milk and it like super traumatized me. And I'm like, I smell milk Excessively, like I'll smell it more than once before I drink it, and that's Me there's. Too. Yeah. You shouldn't Jay, smell so it though when it's right still now. in the container. Abby, though, we're the same person, basically. We are. It's true. What? You shouldn't smell it when it's just out of the container. Are you giving you me something new to fear? It. Why? Because the top of the container always smells worse than yes. the actual. See, we have different standards. The crusty, say the crusty milk around the top of the container. Oh, God. Gets oh, God. The, if the, the pouring milk. receptacle has spoiled milk on it, then we have a spoiled product, and I am super comfortable not drinking it as a result of that. Jay is so precious. Thank anyway, you. I say that all the time. I apparently need to make an eggnog latte for Jay this afternoon and make him try it because I actually think he'll I'll, like it. I'll t- I'll take one. I think you'd <laughs> like it as well. You liked the eggnog. I, this nice. eggnog did not have any espresso in it because I don't like coffee. Don't tell Joel, but I don't like espresso and things like that. So it's just straight up steamed eggnog. I'll also say like eggnog. Eggnog is a thing you have to drink in small doses. Mm. Like you don't like pour yourself a big giant glass of it. Like it's you know it's a it's a thing you sip not. Well, it gets a little cloying after a it while. It really needs sweet, some but... rum in it. Have any of you guys ever had coquito? Coquito? What is that? Coquito. Coquito is, I don't know exactly how to describe it, kind of Puerto Rican eggnog maybe. My brother-in-law is from Puerto Rico and makes it sometimes, is very familiar with it. I have a friend too, but it's it's like uh, drinking a pie, except it gets you really, really drunk really, really fast because I don't know what's in it. I like everything you're saying so far. Cream <laughs> and spices and a bunch of booze, like rum maybe, I don't know what booze. Uh, but yeah, Puerto Rican eggnog, and it's got a more fun name to say because eggnog Sounds kind of gross, yeah, but is Coquito gross. is fun and festive. Our wonderful and, yeah. audio engineer this morning was just telling me about Coquito. Yeah. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Oh, we should have some Coquito at our holiday party tonight. Right? Coquito lattes. I don't know how I feel about Coquito, <laughs> but I would like to say Coquito as many times as <laughs> feels natural. Coquito. So post your answer on whether you are pro Coquito or eggnog. pro eggnog or con eggnog, question mark. <laughs> And post your answer to Twitter using the hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast. And feel free to add any whimsical holiday emojis you care to, because tis the season for that with either pro or con and your explanation. And you can also submit your ideas for future 
non-eglognog-related non constitutional <laughs> amendments using the same hashtag, Stack Overflow Podcast, and the amendment might be named after you if it is, in fact, passed into our candy cane constitution. Which brings us to special guest Abby T. Mars to talk about mittens. Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. And scarves <laughs> and neck warmers. It's possible I misread mittens and scarves and neck warmers when I should have said hats. What's up with hats? It's winter bash time. Hats are great. It is. It's winter bash time as of what last Tuesday, even Wednesday morning, midnight UTC. So whenever that is in your crazy time zone. Hats have made their way onto all of our Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange sites. It's our annual celebration of it getting cold and holiday-y and everybody being bored and not having any work to do and so needing something to do to stay interested in what we do on our websites. That's our secret ulterior motive that I probably wasn't supposed to share, but I did. So check it out. It's winterbash2017.stackexchange.com. You can see what hats there are to earn. You got to do various activities around the Q&A sites. You got to vote in certain patterns and, you know, answer questions with, you know, the right hat on your head in real life or whatever, whatever the triggers are. You can earn hats to wear on your avatar. They're really great. My favorite one is the Milliner, which is a fantastic pink hat with lots of bells and whistles and ribbons. And I don't know, I think it's very pretty on everyone. That's my favorite. Oh yeah, this year is Winter Bash Greatest Hits. Greatest Hats. Greatest Hits Hats. We've gone back to the previous six years of Winter Bash. My goodness. Uh, five years. This is the sixth Five years one. of Winter Bash, six years of hats. So wait, right. one, two, then go on three? Or never mind. Because before it was Winter <laughs> Bash, six. it was it Hat was Dash. Hat Dash. And before it was Hat Dash, it was going to be Hat Fight. It I was going like to be, the yes, oh my God, the, the origin hat of Hat Dash was it was supposed to be Hat Fight, but we couldn't get HatFight.com and we could get HatDash.com. So we Wait. were like, okay, clearly we just, just changed the name. In the original yeah. concept, was it like a sort of like there was like an octagon and you threw two hats in and then they battled to the death? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. exactly okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The concept Which has changed a little bit. Which hat? Mixed, Ooh, years. mixed milliner arts, we'll call it. Huh? Huh? Uh, <laughs> it's good. We'll okay. keep it. Thank God you reminded me what the word milliner means two seconds ago because that was not popping out on its own. So this is live now. It's live now. You go do things, you get hats, and what would you pay for these hats? They must be expensive. They sound wonderful. The hats are absolutely positively free. What? But they do what? go away in a couple of weeks. You rent them for free, essentially. They get packed back up on January 3rd, so you only got a couple of weeks to join the hat fun. So go ahead and screenshot yourself and your whimsical hats so you can put it on your mantle every hat dash season. Should do a who wore it best contest. Oh, I like that. Ooh, Ooh yes. Please. I like that. And every single one could have like a picture of one user wearing a given hat and then Tyra Banks and no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to our wonderful users and the stylish way they wear their hats, but Tyra Banks would win every single time. because That's correct. Know, Tyra Banks. Objectively. And once you go to the site, if you are a logged in user, you'll see a beautiful little snowflake, right? Ooh. That takes you to the hats I that you can one earn. That I like already. It's up yeah, by your a, little notifications thing. A little, little making a gesture that no one can see because this is the radio. There's a little snowflake menu in the beautiful new top bar and that's on all of these stackage sites that'll show you the hats you've earned you can go and you can you know click on one and it'll take you to your hat box show you all your hats you can pick which one you want to put on your avatar and you can resize it and re-angle it so it fits you just perfectly so you actually stand a chance of beating tyra banks and who are best you're not going to but you can at least try by resizing your hat correctly and which hat are you wearing right now abby I believe I'm wearing the hipster hat right now. Me too! Oh my yeah. god, we are totally the same person! We're also both wearing plaid shirts right now, which That's is just true. amazing. That's oh my god, you're true. twins! Mm -hmm. Twinsies! We are. 
we've been working together far too long. That's <laughs> true. It's yeah, that's a known scientific fact. When people work together long enough, they both look like their pets. I'm mixing yep. something up. It doesn't yep. matter. It's not important exactly right now. It's accurate. It's science. Well, everyone should go check out the hats. You can see the full list of hats by clicking on the snowflake and then clicking on Winter Bash. No, and not the not the full list of hats. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean, David? <gasps> I mean, I I can I can't really confirm or deny, but often in past years there have been secret hats. What? <laughs> Is that true this year, Abby? Wait, can't she can't uh, say? Can either confirm or deny. This is not a national security letter. You can admit the existence of the secret. You just don't tell the secret. Not that we've we've haven't gotten any national security letters. I can actually. Say my that my real question is: Is there an Abby themed hat this year? There is not. So we we outlawed in previous years. We've had secret hats that you can earn by bothering a specific employee. I was the first one. <laughs> when you say you mean like at pinging them on the site, so they yeah, get like yeah, a notification. Yeah, that was one of our best ideas. Yeah. yeah, it was really, the hair really great. For right. no one. Ping yeah. Abby all holiday long. In yeah, order the, to the, earn the Abby hat, hat was 2014, I want to say, and then it yeah. was Ping Oded one year, and uh, we we retired that trigger because it turns out it's a nightmare for whoever is involved. Yeah. And, it just and everyone else, because as people try to discover where this might be, they just start pinging everyone. everyone you know what we found? Employee. This may not be obvious. It's interesting in retrospect. Is when you're trying to run a business, asking your four million registered users to arbitrarily target one of your employees with an inane comment may not be the best way to keep everyone focused and efficient at work. It's true. Amazingly. We learned that from experience, so you don't have to, Radio World. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, go get your hats and your scarves and your mittens and the those weird things that are like, they're like a tube that's like a scarf that you put your hands into, and it's got, it's like a, a mitten snuggie sort of. I don't know what that's called. Anyway, you can go earn all kinds of silly things to put on your head at hotdash. I don't know the URL. What? I, Winter I, I just, go to sta- just, go, just go to your favorite stack exchange, exchange site or Stack Overflow and participate there. Enjoy your hats because it's cold outside in the part of the world I live in. Okay, which brings us to those of you that have been following along over over this course of our season. No, we've been talking a lot about the Stack Overflow experience and where Stack Overflow is a rewarding place or sometimes a frustrating place in our users' experience. And to kind of put a cap on our season of making Stack Overflow a better place for our users, we started off the season with some mean tweets, and they were super mean. But Abby, I am told you have some nice tweets to share with us this week. I do. Yeah, we get to redeem ourselves a little bit. I think this podcast is not going to make me cry, unlike the last one I was on in the shower or otherwise. We're really just getting warmed up here. I wouldn't make any <laughs> conclusions yet. It might be the nice kind of crying. Maybe it'll be nice. But no, I have a, I have a series of nice tweets about Stack Overflow but that I will share with you guys. Tell me when you're ready. Wait for there we it. Go. I Take just don't know if I'm emotionally prepared for this. I know. <laughs> Okay, let's do this. Okay, go. Okay, we'll start with an easy one. This one comes from David Freeman. Freeman? David says, deserved shout out to at Stack Overflow for being the best thing on the internet. Aw. Wow. Yeah. Think yeah. of all the things we beat out to earn that place in his heart. Right? Best thing on the internet. Better I mean, there's Google. some pretty good like cat videos out there. Mm-hmm. I like the one where that cat, where it's set to the song. He jumps off the ledge. I feel like he doesn't know about that new site where you can mail your enemies poop, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Rojas writes to us, in the past 48 hours, I've become best friends with at Stack Overflow, and we are building a life together. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one, too. You know, the thing is, we were kind of better as just friends. I th- okay, okay, <laughs> we'll be besties. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take my terrible Spanish for test drive here, because Urco says, Bueno. Hola, at Stack Overflow. Eres mi más mejor amigo. We've... Two new best friends, if I'm counting correctly so far on this podcast, Laura and Urko. 
Can you translate that for those of us that only see Spanish on Narcos? Because I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, it says, it says, hello, Stack Overflow. You are my best friend. And no one ever says that on Narcos, I assume. That is so nice. No, very infrequently. (laughs) Some people feel that you can only have one best friend, but that is actually just scientifically inaccurate. True. You can actually have an infinite number of best friends. That's true. And we do, it seems like. Or at least We have a lot of best friends. Which approaches infinity. Two. At least two. (laughs) Definitely two or more. Chris Mander writes to us, when people praise you for your super intelligence, but you know too well that you would perish without Stack Overflow. Aww. I would too. Thank you, Chris. Claire Kopenhofer, A, has a great name, and B, writes, True. I feel like most of being good with computers is, number one, understanding error messages, and number two, Stack Overflow. That's us. <laughs> we are not error messages, Wait, people. Which one Keep that in mind. <laughs> it's confusing when the error message is a Stack Overflow. Um, that, there it is. There's a little bit of a... Those are now impossible problem. to Google. Yeah. 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 Next one, Mazahran. 09 says to us, Stack Overflow deserves most of the IT Bachelor of Science degrees around the world. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> we accept Hashtag your I offer agree. and are proud to have finally graduated. I liked that there was a tweet. Somebody had a picture from so last, oh, yeah, yeah. last graduation season yeah, yeah. in May or so of their cap. What are those called? They have some name. The mortarboards. The mortar, they had a mortarboard mm-hmm. that said, thank you, Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow is responsible for this degree or yep, something like that. It was that, awesome. Written on there. Super like on a the top of their young woman at her graduation. With, it was yes. really cool. Really cool. Last one is the single best use of a more than 140 character tweet I have seen. It is, I don't know how many characters, but it's more than 140. Justin Winter says, continuing my season of appreciation, today I'd like to thank Stack Overflow. Quite possibly one of the most important developer platforms created. The amount of knowledge disseminated daily is incredible. Stack Overflow, thanks for being you. And he's got a gif of people clapping and oh, there's a guy giving a nice us a gif. toast. It's a really perfect gif. Yeah. We will link to the gif in the note. Thingies. No, we won't link. We just oh. want everyone to imagine it. Just yes. Yeah, we'll describe. Close your eyes, please. <laughs> imagine if you... Okay. And just to be clear, I think this is not so much about reading, you know, you scour the whole internet and you find a handful of people to say, you're wonderful. I think the thing that we That's really- what I do. Yes, I know, I know, <laughs> and I know David, and I, I hate to tell you this, but your mom writes that blog. This is, it's, you know, it's just, it's better to come out. I, I appreciate whatever my mom blogs. But I think what people are really appreciating here isn't so much what we do. I think we built an amazing platform. I'm proud that we're able to contribute to it. But at the end of the day, this is what the community does. This is what, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of developers do every day to share their knowledge is what gives these other people this stuff. And so while we are proud to contribute to that and I get excited about coming to work because we get to be a part of that, it's really the community. And in this season of appreciation, I think it's important to remember that for all the challenges in running a big community and all the things you can bump into, it's hard to imagine the scope and the, the difference that's been made by the people that come here every day and give a stranger information about how to do their job on their break from their job. And I find it kind of inspiring. Or sometimes without... instead of doing their job. Hey, mm-hmm. works for me, man. <laughs> So anyway, those thank yous are really for our community and for our contributors. And if you're one of the people that makes Stack Overflow work so well, it's not so important for me to say we appreciate you. We do. We, we, we're building a little business on top of all this great work. But there's a world of developers out there that are doing better work and building better things because so many people are so generous. And so thank you. And as a you. token of our appreciation. We're going to send every one of you a sticker. Five million stickers. We I've got you. handed a note. That's not correct. A, a <laughs> digital hat. <laughs> which you have to earn by doing more stuff. Okay. I just earned two hats while we were sitting here talking Ooh, about ones? tweets, just saying. I got the too cool for school and the, and you get a hat, and you get a hat. 
I can only find one hat that I could earn really quickly, and that was one for voting in the app. I got that one yesterday. Yeah, that's the hipster yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's the um, hipster one. Yeah. Oh, I got to search again today. I think if I search enough days in a row, I'll get a hat. I just want to add about the tweets that in looking for nice and fun tweets about Stack Overflow, I saw a lot of people, I didn't add them for us to read them today, but a lot of people get really excited when they earn new badges. They get really excited when they hit like rep milestones, like I just got 25,000 rep and we love seeing that and it's really fun to see people proud to contribute and to use the site and to get their their internet points. You know, I think we talk a little bit internally about this, but the internet points, they're silly and they're arbitrary and it's gamification, but the fact that people take pride in it is not because they won some silly badge and got more internet points, right? To your point, it represents them being able to call out, like, I helped somebody, I made a difference here. And so it's There was one awesome. person that tweeted out the screenshot of they had reached 1 million people. Oh, wow. And yeah, they, that's were, awesome. they were really excited about their reach just hit 1 million people. You know, it's cooler than a million people. A million people? A billion people. <laughs> With a B? Sorry, I keep trying to say it like Timberlake does. I never get it right. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's contributed this year, who's contributed in the past. It does make a difference. It does really help people in their day-to-day lives. And that brings us to our segment on what we've been up to. So what what are we doing here these days before we get to the news? David, are you are you busy? I have no idea. Nothing, really. Nothing. Yeah. Hmm. A slow few news weeks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is why no one watches your uh, news channel. There's, oh, there's speaking of channels. channels yeah, something speaking like, of news oh, channels. Since you mentioned it, yeah, uh, yeah. I think a couple people in a kind of side project, just a little thing we're doing on the side. No, so we're working on, this has actually been a huge effort by a lot of people on the team. We are working on, well, I guess we should start at the beginning. What is channels? Channels is the idea that Stack Overflow is great for getting answers to your questions that you can post on the public internet. But in every development team that works in a company, there are lots and lots of questions that you can't ask on the public internet because they're about your internal code and your you know, proprietary systems and how to use some you know internal library that nobody on the internet's ever heard of. So wouldn't it be great if there were a place where you could ask those questions and you know only your coworkers could see them? So. The idea is we're going to have private Q&A in a channel on Stack Overflow. You can sign up for this. Your company can sign up for this and ask questions of your teammates in a private space on Stack Overflow. So that is what we're calling channels or channels a feature, probably not the product name when we finally get around to selling it. But easy way to think about it is Stack Overflow for teams. Like that's sort of a simple, like that's what we're, that's yes. what we're doing here. But didn't so, we already have a Stack Overflow for Teams? We had a, point? no, we had a feature internally we were kind of working on and developing that ultimately we did not, we didn't ship called Teams. Let's not get into that. Yeah, okay. but that that was, it wasn't, it wasn't this the core Stack Overflow. Yes. That was Stack Overflow Teams. This is Stack Overflow for Teams. Okay. Teams was a different thing that we thought would be a different place. And this is actually Stack Overflow, just like you know and understand it. We Questions, just kind of, even answers. when we were developing Teams, Teams have the half idea that it would develop into this Maybe. place where you could ask yeah. questions of people on your team. So anyway, we hit a huge milestone, which is that we onboarded our first few intrepid alpha customers. Woo! So we're working with three nice. or four three or four companies who are now actually using this internally, trying it out, asking and answering questions, and telling us what sucks about our product. And then we are trying to rapidly fix those things. So yeah. And we've got some experience in this space with Stack Overflow Enterprise, which we started as a thing that we thought, yeah, a couple of companies will kind of want this. Same thing on just a much bigger scale, like much larger companies, I should say, and initially conceived as a standalone product, kind of on-prem installs. 
And that's a business that's really grown enormously. And so that's helped us to see that there's a real demand for this, as well as the unbelievably long list of volunteers we have who want to get into the alpha or participate. And in fact, if or your team is interested, please, please, please do go sign up at stackoverflow.com slash channels. Stackoverflow.com slash channels. You'll see a beautiful page and a sign-up sheet. And we're letting people into the alpha sort of slowly to learn and build on it. But there's going to be a time, and it's not in the super distant future, when we really open this up into a broader beta kind of early in the new year. And so if you want to be one of the first people to use channels and get the same magic of Stack Overflow right on your team, go sign up. We're getting great feedback, and it seems to really be working for people. So we're really excited about this. And with that, I think that brings us to the news. Yesterday, the Federal Communications Commission voted to repeal net neutrality, despite overwhelming public support for the regulation, which requires internet service providers like Verizon and Comcast to distribute internet access fairly and equally to everyone, regardless of how much they pay or where they're located. So I just want to understand, kind of, let's present a fair and balanced. What is the opposition? So what are you doing if you're against it being provided fairly and equally? That's the wrong way to ask the question, I guess. So on the one side, you have people who love the internet. Yes, that's us. And on the other side, you have people who hate the internet. That's the the, uh, three of the FCC commissioners. That's right. Okay. No, I mean, the argument for repealing this particular protection is that this isn't something that the FCC should be doing and there should be legislation, which I think is probably accurate like it is the kind of like we should actually have legislation on this and not just i mean this is the problem is that with it just being an fcc thing you know it can just go back and forth with each election what the laws are or the regulations are but i think it is totally disingenuous to say oh well let's repeal the fcc protections because there should be a law about this when everybody knows full well that no law is going to be passed here I fear that a lot of Americans take a strong stance on this, and they're strongly against repealing net neutrality. They're strongly for net neutrality. But, and I put myself in this bucket, can't really describe what exactly net neutrality... Can anyone here sort of articulate what, what we mean when we say that there were net, there was net neutrality protection up until so, yesterday? So the protection was that... So Title II, I don't know what actually it's The title. common carrier laws, it's, if I'm... It's, uh, it's basically utilities have to operate in a certain way. It's regulations that govern utilities that says, you know, your water provider can't decide to you know, treat some customers differently based on who they like and decide to withhold water because this is a thing that, you know, is a basic utility that needs to be provided fairly. And also, you know, there's an element of like, it's a monopoly. Usually you don't have multiple water providers you can choose from. You just have the one. And so there need to be some regulations on that. So this covers sort of all of your basic utilities, water, gas, but what does uh, it electric. mean? They have to charge everyone the same for a gallon of water or? Uh, yeah, I think things like that. Okay. Um, so, and then in 2015, they decided to extend this to the internet, treat it like a utility. Which it does feel like a need to survive in the modern world. Yeah, like, that's, that's not the, crazy. That's, the, that's arg- crazy. the argument is that it is a utility. It's a basic utility. It's a non-competitive market because most people only have one internet provider. Because Fios is just saying they're in your neighborhood and they're not there yet. That's right, why. exactly. Fios always like that you go to their website and you're like, oh, maybe I'll see whether Fios is here. And they're like, we're not there yet, but sign up and we'll let you know when you are. And then they never. But they put a billboard in your neighborhood outside your window to convince you to sign up. Oh, what's I haven't annoying. experienced that. Oh. Yeah, that's exciting. Fios advertises a aggressively in a lot of New York City neighborhoods where they do not have files. Yeah. So, There's a really interesting reply all about why that is. Oh. Yeah. So 
Well, I'll put it in the show so, notes. So also, I have Fios and it's great. Anyway, it great. so yeah. So what this did was by it was 2015 or something, they decided to start yep. treating it under Title II. And people say, oh, well, why, you know, the internet got along just fine. And before 2015, what's the problem? Well, in 2015, things were starting to happen where Verizon, for example, was trying to strong arm a deal out of Netflix and literally started slowing down Netflix speeds until Netflix decided to pay up. And Comcast, they were also Comcast had an issue with Netflix. Yeah, I think or maybe Com- it was Comcast, yeah. was not Com- Verizon. There were also a lot of cell providers who were just flat out blocking VoIP calling things because it meant that people wouldn't be calling using their cell provider minutes, which they can sell to you at a ridiculous rate. Do people in some still cases. pay for minutes? Well, I don't know. Back then they did. Remember 10 cents a minute? Doesn't that seem Right, they just flipped it to like now? now, like, yeah, talk on the phone all you want. No one does that. Pay us for the data. We want the data. Yeah. Right, so the, so the idea was they can't discriminate on the type of data. They just have to provide you data, and you can use the data for whatever you want. They're selling you data, and they're selling you data at whatever rate they decide that, you know, the market can bear. It doesn't mandate that they sell you data at a particular price. It just says that they can't look in and say, okay, we're going to charge you more for Netflix or less really probably less for Netflix. One of the concerns is that either this will actually advantage big companies and disadvantage little companies. So big companies like Netflix can afford to cut giant checks to each provider in order to prioritize Netflix traffic, and small companies will not be able to do that. So this will stifle innovation. The other is that there's all these mergers happening where you know, companies that were internet providers are also becoming TV providers and all of these things. And so obviously they're going to try to use this to advantage their own TV programming and disadvantage competition. And that's a problem because, again, most people don't have access to another provider. You know, in a free market, you'd say, well, you just switch providers, but a significant percentage of people only have one viable internet provider in their neighborhood. The argument against it is this isn't the FCC's problem. Treating it like a utility isn't the real solution. This should be a competitive free market. And maybe we do need some regulation, but it should be in law, not just trying to reuse this utility law that really isn't meant to cover the internet. It was meant to cover, you know, fundamental things that you need to live, like water and heat and so on, not internet. Internet is not a thing necessary for life. It's a luxury or at least just a product that you can choose to buy or not buy and therefore doesn't really, shouldn't be governed under this. Yeah, but that doesn't work. Like, Didn't I think that's the same about electricity? Yeah, I feel like even even if... You don't need lights. I, I, I can relate. I don't, I'm disappointed in this outcome, but I can relate to people who are making an argument, although I think it's not going to hold up, that this is the wrong agency to regulate this and someone else, fine. The notion that the internet is not like water and you don't need it, like mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like water, but you know what it is like? It's like the airwaves and the air, like the, the broadcast airwaves have been regulated this way forever, as has the radio. And the notion was the most efficient way to get like widespread information is a thing people need to find like you literally cannot find where to apply for a job if you don't have the internet like it's not possible the other thing that's going on here's a lot of shady stuff like i mean the fcc commissioner who everyone is mad at for doing this literally came from working at verizon and of course this is a thing that verizon very much wants like that part of it's not subtle that enormous amounts of money were paid by the carriers here in order to achieve this result i think the verizon pr approach this is like laughably ridiculous which is like they're literally running they're putting all these tweets and things that are basically like we would never restrict or throttle or like use any of the things this allows us to do so don't worry friends but and we it's like really really need what are to you do spe- it. Yeah, what are you spending yeah. all this money for the right to do a also, thing also that stuff do? has changed since the vote went through they actually literally changed some of the pledge 
that Comcast at least changed some of the pledge that they that if this goes through, this is our pledge to our consumers and yeah, ple- pledges and mean, they're like pledges mean nothing. Yeah, they they pulled yeah. that pledge and. All right. Well, so that sounds like sad news for the internet, but I gather the EFF and various other good internet, pro-internet organizations are planning to appeal and protest and do things. Well, lots of states. Like, there's Mm -hmm. like 15 states that are just straight up suing. New York is one of them. California is one of them. Washington State. They're just going to be in litigation So they're going to sue. It's pot- but it has but, to go to Congress first anyway, I thought. No, well, so they're going to try to find an angle to sue on it. And actually, I don't know much about this, what they think, but they're, I guess, going to try to sue that the FC, that this is part of, I don't know, that it should be classified that, that a, way. There has and, to be a reason. I mean, to sue, yeah, you can't just sue because you feel like it. Like, there's got to be some... So, so. I don't know, this is America. <laughs> well, you can sue, be, <laughs> but the judge will throw it out. So they've got to have some, you know, some standing to sue, and I don't, I don't actually know the details of that. So there's that possibility, but, you know, the real thing here is, you know, if you think that this is not what should be happening, you should call uh, your national legislators, your representatives and your senators, and let them know what you think, and you should vote in the next national elections because this really is a consequence of the election that we had last year that Lobbyists feels, are kind, over of, all feels the kind of inevitable, really. I mean, this was a thing that they explicitly campaigned on and said that they were going to do, and now they did. So it's what you were voting for if you voted for that party. The real winner here, obviously, is state attorney generals, because now you've heard of them and know they exist, because <laughs> that wasn't the case before. So does this mean anything for Stack Overflow? Uh, I'd say no. I mean, I think as a big believer in sort of the free and open internet and part of our, philosophically, this is aligned with a lot of the things we believe in. And, you know, we started basically on like information that was donated for free shouldn't be behind a paywall and the internet should be sharing as much as we can. And that doesn't mean all information should be free and people shouldn't have ways to get paid for, you know, I would argue the... Washington Post and New York Times and artists and people, it's okay for them to charge for material. But I think in general, we believe in broad-based access for everyone. And Stack Overflow, one of the things we struggled with early on was we always wanted this concept of make sure it's for all developers or whoever needs it. And so I think we have a strong position. Realistically, we're not the kind of place someone would target. Like the ones who are financially scared, I think, are people who have lots of money or use lots of bandwidth, because those are the ones that in all likelihood, I think these no longer common carriers are going to squeeze, or ones whose business is, to David's earlier point, in competition to some extent, as a media empire or whatever. But anyway, do go out and vote. We could get swept up in some things that, you know, I don't, we wouldn't get targeted specific. It's hard to see why we would get targeted specifically. We could get swept up in some broader, you know, currents of limiting speed to sites that have not paid for faster speed, but... This is where our belief that performance is a feature comes in a little bit, right? Like we do a lot, our SRE team does a whole lot to make sure that we are giving you the information you need while forcing you to download as few kickabytes or whatever those internet informations are called. Uh, Downloading as few of those as you need to to get the information that you need, which helps, uh, I guess, minimize the amount that we'd be a target in something like this. Well, think about if you want to squeeze money out of a company, right? Amazon has a lot of well-published stuff that I think predated some of our stuff that was like every 10 milliseconds, right, reduces the spend by X percent or something. Right. It was a really dramatic. Yeah. And so if you want to get money from Amazon and you can control the speed of Amazon, you just go to them like, you can figure out roughly like what it's worth to them and just say, pay us more or we'll slow you down. Right. It's a, a sort of ugly internet world for us. I, I think consumers. that, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly happens, but it will almost certainly be bad for consumers. It's, it's hard to see how any of this becomes good for consumers. All right. Well...
The iMac Pro is available to order today, and it is being touted as a developer's dream machine. After failures with the Mac Pro earlier in the year, Apple decided to see exactly how ridiculous it could get with the iMac performance inside what is essentially the same shell as the current machine. So it's my understanding that both of the remaining developers who work on desktops are going to buy this. Is that accurate? Is that- <laughs> yeah, so that's the weird thing here. So the, the idea is everyone was upset about the MacBook Pro. Because it wasn't the, upgradable enough. and Yeah, and the touch bar and all these things. It's just not a great developer machine. And so the solution is supposedly the i iMac Pro, which is, you know, the one where it's your whole computer lives inside your screen. It's a giant, beautiful monitor with a computer It's a giant, beautiful monitor with a kind of well-hidden bulge in the back, which is where the computer actually is. And the specs go up to infinity dollars. And (laughs) so that's why developers are going to like this, because you can spend infinity dollars on it. And presumably they won't have to pay that. Their company will pay. You know, you can build like $20,000 machines to get the high-end specs. So, okay, yes, it is nice. My take is, yeah, okay, it's nice to have a desktop option, but every, I mean, think almost literally every developer I know wants a laptop. Maybe they have a desktop at work, but then they also want to be able to do development on a laptop. And, you know, the machine of choice for a lot of developers is a Mac laptop. And they're not solving that problem. So it's It's hard for me to see this as like the dream machine for a developer when it's a desktop and who wants desktops anymore. I almost think this is a, I don't know, with Apple, it just seems unlikely because they're just so efficient. But there's a part of me that wonders this is a PR move. Like, I feel like in the past, there's been this long narrative among their old diehards, the old Apple adopters and some of the developer community that like... Apple doesn't care about the, you know, the Mac anymore. They're all about the phones. Then Apple doesn't care about the Power Mac. Not the Power Mac, excuse me, the Mac the Mac Pro. They definitely don't uh, care about the Power yes, Mac Yes, no one cares about the Power Mac anymore. They were very popular when I was in college a thousand years ago. And I think that when the last Mac Pro, the desktop, came out, the Darth Vader's trash pal one. The trash can. Yeah, yeah the trash can. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have just a couple of devs that use the trash can right now, right? I don't know, do we? Yeah, yeah. A couple people got it partly because you know they needed that amount of power, and it was—they're the most expensive machines we've ever bought. Like absurdly expensive. We will only buy them if you really convince us you need them for like heavy data sciencey tasks. I feel like sometimes when I'm playing Minesweeper, it's a little slow. Is that the kind of? <laughs> well, Jay, I'm glad that you said that because talking about how expensive they are, <laughs> one of our designers who lives in Poland. He actually tweeted this morning. Way to not call him out by name. I'm sorry. It's Paolo, <laughs> Nobody Paolo, will Paolo. know. Oh, I thought you were trying to be subtle. You're like, could no, be any no, designer from to... Poland. <laughs> I'm not trying to not call him out. So one of our designers, Pavel, he's a remote employee in Poland. And this morning he tweeted, it was really funny. If you want to get a top iMac Pro in Poland, you would have to spend around 64,000 PLN. You can also get a really good car for that price or half an apartment or oh. 21,000 beers. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I'm how Pavel does math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is insane. It For is, my next insane. hardware refresh, I would like 21,000 beers, please. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. if you're in the market for a giant, unmovable computer for some reason, this does seem to be the one for you if someone else is paying for it. So enjoy your new it's iMac It's supposed Pro. to be super powerful, and it will run everything at I, the same time without even hearing the fans like even moving. Oh, I really like to hear the imaginary fans cheering for me no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> the other thing is... It is literally not upgradable as far as I understand it. Like, I mean, the stuff is like, you know, welded inside the monitor. How can you possibly upgrade anything? Whereas that, I think even the trash can you could, I think maybe, maybe you can't upgrade. I think you're saying it wrong. Like imagine Johnny, I saying, 
And it's all beautifully sealed in a single piece of aluminum <laughs> crafted at the center of Mount Doom and delivered directly into your heart. Okay, well, you've gone and wasted another hour of the precious shopping days available till Christmas or Hanukkah. Well, you're a little late for Hanukkah. Listening to Stack Overflow podcast number 122, recorded Friday, December 15th, 2017 at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York City, which apparently is not where baby Jesus lit the menorah or where the Maccabees hung their stockings. I meant to say it is the setting for beloved holiday movies Die Hard and The Gremlins. This podcast has been brought to you by Oracle. Go to developer.oracle.com to learn about all the ways Oracle supports this community and developers like you. And the elf on the shelf, Santa's Christmas Narc. Our audio engineer is Carlos Hernandez. Audio editor is David Greenlee. Technology concierge is Michael Rosa. Our producer is Jess Pardue. On behalf of David Fullerton, Ilani Itsaki, Abby Miller, and me, Jay Hanlon, your homework this week is to watch Elf. Yes, again, watch it. It's delightful. And also, check out Heavyweight, a surprisingly moving podcast about a super sarcastic, funny man's quest to help other people find closure from long-simmering pains or losses. It is, I find, incredibly sort of emotionally powerful. It's like if David Sedaris was trying to use his powers for good instead of just being funny. In any case, check it out. This is our last episode of the year. We are going on hiatus. So if you need something to do and aren't watching Elf, Yes, again, you can go back to Stack Overflow episode number one and listen to them all again in order. I promise you'll learn something new and make a beautiful discovery each time. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Good Kwanzaa, a belated mirthful Muharram, and Dandy Diwali, and enjoy whatever the hell Boxing Day is. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Back to Home Alone. <laughs> it's also, it's like a giant Tom and Jerry episode, that movie. Yes. Like, it's a lot of, like, bad guys getting hit in the face with it's hammers. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. like, it's such a good movie because it's also, like, every kid's dream, right? Yes, It's yes. like, if I was left home alone, if, the first half of the movie is I'm left home and I can do whatever I want, yeah, yeah. right? And including, like, act like an adult, right? There's also, there's all these scenes where he, like, goes grocery shopping and, like, does oh, yeah. all these adult things. And then the second half of the movie is, and then... What if I had to defend my house from robbers? So my parents were going somewhere. I don't even know where. I was probably six years old. Please tell and me I decided, they left you home alone. No, I decided to hide from them because I didn't want to go with them. Yeah. So I hid. They looked for me. And I guess, you know, lesson learned. They left me. And I got so scared. I called 911. And they talked to me like the everyone, entire time. I feel like everyone learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Yeah, that I would never hide from my parents again. So here's what would happen today is you'd hide. Your parents are like, we'll teach Alana a lesson. We'll go to the grocery store and leave her here. And they'd leave. You'd call 911 and they would go to prison. <laughs> Can I do that again? Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Alana made a sound mistake. That's never happened oh, before. I'm human. I do that every single sentence. There's a button for that. Oh, is that us? Yes. Yes, Alana, that's exactly what we sounded like. Oh my god.
Hold me closer, turn a dancer.